Star Wars 7x7, episode 878. Today I'm talking about the special issue of Entertainment Weekly that just came out, the Star Wars Rogue One exclusive preview. Mm, yeah, well, we'll get into it. Punch it, Chewie. Feel a disturbance in the Force? It's Star Wars 7x7, your daily seven-minute podcast. With your host, Alan Voivod. Destiny Unleashed. Hey, Rebel Rouser. Welcome to Star Wars 7x7. I'm your host, Alan Voivod. And do you remember back in the day, this would be back in the times of Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi, and sometimes it was with magazines, sometimes it was with the local news. The local news would say something about... You know, great news on Return of the Jedi coming up, and it would be, you know, 30 seconds at the end of the broadcast. So you'd get a magazine, and it would be maybe two paragraphs of something about the movie, and maybe a photo that you'd seen before or something like that. But for the way that it was hyped up, whether it was during the broadcast or leading up to the broadcast or on the magazine cover, the way it was hyped... It just did not actually live up to the hype. And that, unfortunately, is what I've got to say about this Entertainment Weekly issue. Right on the cover, it says, A Rebellious Special Issue. And it also says, Exclusive Preview Inside the Making of the Most Daring Star Wars Movie Yet. And then also in big letters, plus what's next for episode 8 and beyond. Ooh, wow. So all of this sounds super exciting, doesn't it? And when you get into the magazine, you see it's a six-page thing that's maybe not so special. And two of those pages are taken up by a giant photo of Darth Vader and the introduction to the article, just the, you know, the title of the article and the one-liner telling you what's going on. So now you're down to four pages. Not so much. Now, this is definitely not the fault of Anthony Bresnikin, who wrote the article and who has great information in here as far as it goes. It's more a matter of the way that Entertainment Weekly decided to sell this particular issue than anything else. And the whole bit about what's next for Episode 8 and beyond, well, that's dealt with in one paragraph, half of one paragraph, where they basically say, we're planning to sit down in January, that's what Kathleen Kennedy says, we are planning to sit down in January when we have enough information where we can step back a little bit and say, what are we doing, what do we feel is exciting, and what are some of the things we want to explore, quote unquote. So, yeah, that's it. That is everything the magazine tells you about what's next for Episode 8 and beyond. All right, and maybe a little elaboration later on in the article where it says, if all goes according to Lucasfilm's plan, future standalones won't have to lean on events from previous films like Rogue One does. The quote from Kathleen Kennedy, I think that's exciting for fans. It's certainly exciting as a filmmaker, the notion that we can explore these stories that genuinely have a beginning, middle, and an end and don't necessarily have to tie into something specific. So again, have you really learned anything more than they're going to sit down in January and talk about it and, and that is what... The plus what's up for episode 8 and beyond, woo, not so much. That being said, the website for Entertainment Weekly has had a lot more information, all related to their cover story and all you know, additional stuff by Anthony Bresnikin as well. And some of that weighs in on the whole episode 8 and beyond stuff. For example, the article reveals, and I'm pretty sure this is a reveal because I haven't seen it anywhere else, the fact that Emilia Clarke, who plays Daenerys Targaryen, the dragon queen on Game of Thrones, she is apparently in the cast of the Han Solo movie, an, an unspecified part, as they say. There's another quote from Kathleen Kennedy that goes a little deeper into their 
idea of talking about what's next. And apparently saga movies are still on the table. So what does that mean? Are we talking about, you know, Ray's kids, Finn's kids, Poe Dameron's kids? Like, you know, that's kind of amazing to think about. And it wouldn't be unheard of exactly in Legends. They definitely did get further out from Luke in his generation than just the next generation. So certainly a possibility. And another big thing that was, I guess, this is the official confirmation, finally, that Josh Trank was in fact working on a Boba Fett movie before he dropped out of the project. Apparently they were even working on a teaser reel that was supposed to debut at Celebration Anaheim back in 2015. So that's how serious they were about that project. That one, however, is now, I guess, in development turnaround, as it were. It is not necessarily being worked on as the new project that we've heard about. So that, from an information perspective, is much more useful. And had that all been in the magazine, well, that would have made the magazine a little bit more interesting, I would say, wouldn't you? Unfortunately, it's not. And bizarrely enough, the article online is interspersed with calls to action for subscribing to Entertainment Weekly or getting this particular issue. <laughs> so, yeah, I'll stick with the online version, I think, at this rate. Though, in full disclosure, I am a subscriber to Entertainment Weekly because... Oh gosh, I have second cousin, I guess, who would be my wife's cousin's daughter who was having a magazine fundraiser for their school. So yeah, that's how I come by this issue. Meanwhile, the website also has an extended interview with Michael Giacono, who is the composer of Rogue One, who stepped into Alexander Display's shoes. And it's not necessarily revealing in terms of stuff about the movie or anything like that. But it's just a fun read, and obviously Michael is very into the material, so that's really kind of cool to check out. There's also a more detailed description of that wheel-like space station that we've seen in the footage. It is something called the Shield Gate. So apparently Scarif is so important to the Empire that they have a planetary shield around this entire thing, and the Shield Gate is what allows ships to pass through, like you actually have to go through the shield gate in order to get down onto the surface, which is presumably how Jin and the rest of the rebel commandos get in, but at some point the rest of the rebellion is coming to knock that thing down. So it'd be interesting to see what the circumstances are that cause the rebellion to decide to mount an attack on Scarif and its shield gate. And lastly, for the website's purposes, there is a photo gallery, which is pretty cool. And I would say most of the images are fairly new, or at least, you know, don't look like things you've seen before. A few of them do seem like if they are new, then they're basically just angles on shots of things that you've seen before. Maybe it's a still frame of some scene that you've seen in a trailer or a commercial or something like that. The captions themselves don't have a lot of new information. A lot of them are taken straight from the article itself and maybe have a couple of things written around it just to make the caption make sense. One bit of information that's new relates to Bodhi Rook, the character played by Riz Ahmed. He is the pilot who gets forced into service by the Empire, but ultimately helps out the Rebellion. So apparently his character was not fully formed or fleshed out when he came on board, when Riz Ahmed came on board, and the reshoots actually helped to deepen his backstory, according to Anthony Bresnikan. For me, I think that's a great choice. I like the idea that they're deepening backstory with that, and they say it's going to be 
delivering a bit more emotional resonance. So all for that. <laughs> Another thing that Entertainment Weekly confirmed is that the planet that we see at the beginning of Rogue One, the one where the Death Troopers and Krennic are coming for Galen Erso, that is the planet Lamu, L-A-H apostrophe M-U. That's the planet that the Ursos resettled themselves on at the end of Star Wars Catalyst, the Rogue One novel that we were talking about a couple of weeks ago. Those scenes for the movie were filmed in Iceland, so now that's both new Star Wars movies that have been filmed in Iceland, since some Starkiller base shots were filmed there as well. All right, just a couple more things to flag for you, and then we'll call it a day. So there's a shot of the Alliance High Council meeting where Jin is trying to convince everybody to attack, and Senator Pamlo, that's the name of our senator in gold, who says if the Empire has a weapon this powerful, what chance do we have? And we now know who Senator Vaspar and Senator Jebel are, thanks to the captions in the photos as well. Since I've been on a naming riff in the last few podcast episodes, i got to say, I'm pleased with the naming so far. We're doing well. And that extends to the last photo as well. There's a picture of Cassian Andor with one of his underworld contacts on Jeddah, a guy named Tivik, T-I-V-I-K. And the caption reveals that Tivik is one of Cassian's connections to the insurgent group led by Saw Gerrera. And that opens up some interesting story possibilities. We don't know how it is that the Rebellion figures out that Jyn Erso is not only Galen Erso's daughter, but also where she is, where she's been, and how to get to her. So we know from Catalyst that she has a connection to Saw Gerrera. How deeply that connection continues is still up in the air. We've heard from Gareth Edwards that there is something going on there as well. At least the implication is that she has been working with Sagarera for some time. So maybe they find out that she's part of Sagarera's team and this is how Cassie and Andor gets connected to where she is and being able to break her out of prison. That's one way this whole thing could go. I will say for the magazine, though, that one thing that I didn't really see detailed out in the same way on the website is stuff about the U-Wing and about how the different parts of the U-Wing were inspired by different existing Star Wars vehicles. So that was kind of neat, how the uh, the tuning fork-ish sort of feel for the wings that you know then fold back was sort of inspired by the Jedi Interceptor and then of course the cockpit inspired by the Y-Wing itself and the engines taken from the X-Wing so that breakdown was kind of neat to see and that doesn't appear on the website. Otherwise yeah, go to the website. In fact, go to SW7X7.com if you haven't checked out any of this stuff and I will have links to all the Entertainment Weekly articles that go along with this rebellious issue of Entertainment Weekly. And that, in the meantime, will do it for this episode. I've got trivia, though, on the other side of the break for you, so stay tuned. Hey, Rebel Rouser. You're listening to this podcast. Maybe you'd like to listen to a Star Wars story, too. Luckily, we've got just the thing for you. We've partnered with Audible to give you a free download and a free 30-day trial of their awesome service. All you got to do is go to audibletrial.com SW7X7 to sign up and get your free download. They've got dozens of Star Wars titles. Anything you want to do to explore that galaxy far, far away. One more time for you, audibletrial.com slash SW7X7. Welcome back. I've got your trivia question here for you. I will not kill you. Well, thank goodness. That put a damper on this whole trivia thing for sure. 
Last time I asked you who played Snap Wexley, Admiral Statura, and the Stormtrooper who gets mind-controlled by Ray in order. They are Greg Grunberg, Ken Leung, and Daniel Craig. Yes, James Bond. Today's question for you, what are the words that are in all capital letters in the opening crawl of The Force Awakens? Thanks for listening to another episode of Star Wars 7x7. And hey, before you take a blind shot at a Sarlacc tentacle, check out SW7x7.com for show notes, links, photos, videos, and more. And if you want to join the inner circle of fans, become a patron of the show at patreon.com SW7x7. It's not a little higher, it's Destiny Unleashed. This podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox. It is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2016 Star Wars 7 We hope you love it.